Reduce, reuse, refashion. Hi, and welcome to yet another refashion podcast episode. I am so excited about today's episode, as we will not talk about the clothes this time. Instead, we will talk about jewelry. In this episode, I am talking to Amelia, co-founder and CEO of Vandaya Jewelry, ocean-friendly jewelry brand. Vandaya's commitment to protect our oceans is deeply rooted in their DNA. Among various initiatives that they have, Vandaya ships all products and 100% compostable shipping mailers, is working on having a zero-carbon footprint, and on top of all of that, they donate 10% of their profits to ocean conservation. Why did Amelia decide to contribute to sustainable fashion industry by starting her own responsible jewelry brand? And why she advocates plastic-free ocean movement? You will hear your answers to these questions and will learn much more in today's episode. By the way, Vandaya is giving 15% discount on your first order on all products that are not discounted yet with the code OCEANLOVE. That is one word, O-C-E-A-N-L-O-V-E, Ocean Love. Amelia says that there soon will be more product launched, so keep an eye on it and browse through their catalog today to purchase beautiful jewelry from Vandaya and support plastic-free ocean. Are you excited to listen to our talk with Amelia and learn more about her ocean-friendly jewelry brand? Then... Let's get started. Amelia, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, your brand. What was the story behind? So I've always loved the ocean. I've always spent a lot of time by the ocean. And uh, when I was little, I would always watch these uh, shows from BBC, David Edinburgh. And I was always fascinated by whales and sharks and all marine animals, really. Uh, so after high school, I had to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, like every other young girl. And I chose to uh, have a, a two gap years and to go out in the world and explore. And I thought that there was, I was trying to escape a bit of that materialisticness. I thought there was uh, um, in my hometown or uh, or in Denmark in general, I, I really wanted a humbling experience and to see how other people live around the world. So I went as far as you could probably go. I went to Fiji in the middle of the Pacific o- Ocean in my second gap year uh, and uh, decided to work with Shark Conservation Project. Um, so every year I... Uh, I wanted to learn something new and watching all these shows as a little kid. And like, if some, if I went to someone's house and they had a saltwater aquarium, I'll just stay by the entire time until we had to go home. So seeing that, I always knew that I wanted to see it in real life and really experience it. Um, So I thought this year I have to learn how to dive. And that's when I went to Fiji Um, and yeah I it was incredible to see first of all the beauty of the islands and the nature it's something completely different than the than what I'm used to in Denmark and also uh, the incredible people that are there and the happiness that they they have the positivity you meet around the islands. Um, yeah, so it was a really great and humbling experience to go there. But uh, I also felt a little devastated from seeing what I saw. Uh, so <clears throat> one moment you could be diving around beautiful, healthy corals, lots of uh, predator fish and 
turtles and sharks and you could turn around the corner and it would just be completely uh, ruined. Um, so we had, um, there's a place called the aquarium, which sounded nice. But when we went there, we found out that it was a notorious place for uh, picking out uh, coral fish for aquariums that would be sent around the planet. Um, we also, uh, every time we went out with the diving boat, we could see big Japanese fishing vessels in the horizon, just emptying the ocean for fish. And uh, we would experience a lot of the fishing gear um, floating into the lagoon, uh, finding it during our dives. And we would try to remove as much as we could. Um, and yeah, there were, if for a long time, the fishermen in the area would use dynamite fishing and have just ruined huge areas of healthy corals. It was just completely dead and no fish. Yeah. So uh, that was a big eye opener for me. Um, yeah, I really embraced my experience in Fiji and then I went back and I thought, well, at this is, <laughs> I can't turn a blind eye to this. Like I, I really felt like I had to dedicate my time here on the planet to try to, uh, to do something about this, these situations. But I was a little conflicted because I've always loved design. I wanted to be a designer growing up but uh, I come from a very academic family and uh, my father thought that uh, maybe I should <laughs> find something else to do. Um, and uh, I think he was a little pleased when I came home from Fiji because uh, then he saw an opportunity for me to study science instead. And, uh, but that, that's, that really was what I wanted to do at the time. So I started studying marine biology. But a year after I started, I felt like something was missing. I have a creative side to me that wasn't in use and I really wanted to, to be more creative as well. So uh, at one point I went to Bali and uh, in Bali, I, uh, I again found the same feeling I found in Fiji, like being close to the ocean, feeling like I'm close to what really matters to me and yeah, I remember the first night in Bali, I just took a, a walk down the beach with my boyfriend. I was uh, there with him and uh, we would see these uh, piles of plastic on the ocean. Um, and you could, it was, there were really a strong wind and very big waves. And you could just see these waves getting bigger and bigger and closer to these piles of plastic at the beach. And I just thought, wow, in not very long, um, these waves are gonna take all those piles back to the ocean and it's just gonna stay there. And uh, I was so happy to see the beautiful nature in Bali and we saw manta rays and had these amazing dives and so many turtles and it was just beautiful. We went to the Komodo Islands, but you just, I couldn't feel completely happy since every time I look around, I would always also see a lot of plastic and pollutions and stuff. Um, but, uh, but something in Bali inspired me to start a business. Um, I would, I think there's an aesthetic there that there just isn't in Denmark. At the time, this was in 2017, I thought that uh, all things you could purchase in Copenhagen were very minimalistic. They were in just uh, gray and black and all jewelry would just be very, very simple uh, and not really my style and mainly in silver. And, um, and I, I could have, bought the whole Bali island and just <laughs> brought it back to me or 
<laughs> I was ready to move in because I thought this is so beautiful. Like this is what I want to surround myself with beautiful colors, uh, handcrafted stuff from little sellers in the street. I thought there were so much uh, beauty there. So um, we actually, uh, we were there for th three weeks and we found a few suppliers. And uh, then we went to the airport and uh, we found our company name, Pandaya, which uh, is inspired by the luxurious feeling you, uh, you get at some of these beautiful hotels in Bali. And it, it, the way they use letters and word, words in Bali as well. Um, yeah, so we, we made that up, but we want, wanted to give it a, a calming, luxurious feeling. Um, so we went home and we, have, we had ordered uh, some uh, pots, um, <laughs> which is not where we are today, but that's how the uh, adventure started. Um, we waited uh, six months for our products, but in the meantime, we thought uh, we need more and we kind of developed what we wanted to do. And we wanted to make this um, concept store, which had more tropical designs, um, but high quality handmade uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and we started to looking for brands. We got jewelry brands and we got interior products and then we got or looked at resort wear um, but we quickly found out that this was not really the direction we wanted to go in we quickly found out that if we have to make a brain now we have to make it more sustainable um, and what i really wanted to do was and somehow incorporate the ocean as well. I think that uh, your story is very inspiring and I could hear the whole experience that you yourself went through. And as you were talking, I could also picture all the coral reefs and beautiful fish yeah. and the turtles and the beaches. And I guess, especially now when we are all in this, let's be honest, in this lockdown, <laughs> We yeah. can only dream about traveling and ex experiencing that. And um, since I'm also in uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, I know how the weather is here and winters can become moody and dark. So I think this, um, a little bit of sunshine and sense of, of the beach and waves uh, that is a very soothing. And it is definitely a really good memory and a good symbol of, of the tropical places and traveling and, and experiencing this nice lifestyle out there in, in Asia, in Bali or Fiji Islands. So yeah. I am I'm very happy that you came up with this idea to bring a bit of uh, a little part of this here to, to Den Denmark, to Scandinavia. And uh, when looking at your designs, they they are matching the uh, Scandinavian lifestyle too. They're not too far off, right? Yeah. So to shorten up my uh, long story, we started selling other, other jewelry brands, but quickly found that uh, what we wanted to do is make our own. I really... I had a million ideas of what I wanted to design and what I thought. And that was exactly my thoughts that bringing a little bit of sunshine and the beach to a cold, dark place like Denmark. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but still, I still, I still have that uh, minimalist approach that we have in Denmark. It's, it's still quite simple designs that would go with your everyday life, but has a little tropical touch that doesn't look like what else is here. Uh, we basically made a Vendaya 2.0. We sold all the products that were from other brands and we looked for manufacturers. Um, and uh, we, from the beginning, we wanted to look through our whole value chain and see like, how can we make something that will not harm the planet? And how can we be a little better or a lot better? And we, it was 
I was learning so much about sustainability too at the, my university and uh, how difficult was it for you to uh, find the right uh, suppliers it has definitely been the biggest challenge so we launched our products a year ago in or in March just before covid oh, uh, wow. that's where we launched our first two styles <laughs> Uh, before that, it has taken over a year uh, to just produce those two styles. Mm -hmm. But um, what we have really worked on in 2020 is establishing a bond with our uh, newly found uh, manufacturers. We have went through several yeah. uh, and uh, who haven't really met our demands. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, but we really feel confident now that we have a good collaboration and we have found uh, two manufacturers or organizations that really wish the same as we do. They aspire the same goals and uh, have the same values. So uh, that has been a very, very long journey, but I, I believe that this is necessary for making what we want to, to do. Yeah. And what would be your uh, criteria for those uh, manufacturers? We have different aspects we look at. So first of all, we had a wish to only incorporate reused metals. Uh, and now it's possible for us to, uh, to use reused gold, reused silver and reused brass. And we had a wish to work with gemstones as well. And now we have a supplier who only have ethically sourced gemstones and can track the journey of the gems, which is important. Um, we also have had a wish, even before we started with jewelry, we wanted to be plastic free. Uh, so our values are really centered about um, what the challenges of the ocean are. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and we at least do not want to contribute to these issues. So one of them is being plastic. And a goal for me was not to contribute to the production of new plastics in the world. Also, I think it's very important to look at wages and uh, having workers that are uh, properly paid that can have a sustainable living as well and uh, uh, looking at the labor who is producing your products and uh, we we've, we've been very lucky to find two manufacturers and the one we're working with um, they pay way higher than minimum wages and they have been in this business business for over 48 years and, and they're really doing a lot themselves to change uh, by only you they only use recycled metals and know where all their gemstones are coming from as well so mm -hmm. i think we've been very lucky to work with them because i don't feel worried that they will compromise because this is just as much their values and not something we have come and asked if they could do uh, and that makes me very comfortable working with them. And then there's uh, another manufacturer we're trying to uh, start working with. It's a longer process, but uh, um, we will see. I think it's easier after COVID if when we can uh, come visit them and uh, they can meet us and stuff. So, uh, but they're, uh, they want to put women in labor, especially single moms in the area. But an, another thing is uh, using, uh, like now we use materials that can be recycled again and again. We use gold, we use silver, uh, sometimes we use brass and gemstones. There, uh, there is a lot of history with these metals and um, it has been a brutal business before with mining and yeah. So I think that giving the materials that are already extracted, like giving them new life in a proper way and putting awareness on how we need to change this business and how we need to regenerate the areas that have been ruined due to this business is very important as well.
Um, totally. Yeah. I couldn't agree to you more. And I'm just so, so glad to hear that uh, you found the right uh, manufacturers to work with. And as, as you were uh, telling more about the whole um, brand of yours, I have so many more questions to ask. Yeah. And, you know, they just like keep on uh, popping uh, in my head. Um, and uh, one of them would be um, if you could tell us about the recycled metals. So um, what is the recycled metal in essence? So, yeah, so uh, our manufacturer has a supplier of recycled metals. They have uh, various uh, certifications of where they come from, but it's mainly older jewelry or from uh, electronics uh, where right. they take out parts and reuse them. Yeah. Okay. So they're melted into these pallets then then are sold for uh, jewelry productions yeah mm -hmm. and uh, as for uh, your garments um, is it a golden jewelry or is it sometimes uh, silver plated with gold so for now we wanted to um, we want to make a product that's available for most so our price would be affordable, affordable for everyone. Uh, so right now we have a plated, uh, mm -hmm. but we look into how many microns, like the thickness of the plating and the quality of the plating um, for it to last longer. So right. our goal is to make lasting jewelry that can be affordable for everyone. Mm -hmm. In practice, in, in the world, uh, how long uh, does the plated jewelry last? And uh, in comparison, how long, how much longer does your jewelry last? So um, we just had one manufacturer and we started a new. So this is something that we've, we are still learning a lot. Um, but normally when you say it, one micron land lasts a one to two years and mm -hmm. our goal is to plate with 2.5 microns that would last for five plus years, uh, maybe more. It's also how you use uh, the product, but we are working on a way to, um, instead of if you, your jewelry tarnish or if you uh, damage your jewelry, uh, we are working on a service to, uh, if there's a way that we can replace our jewelry as well. So it's not an option now, but it's something we're looking into. So I think that's, that's a brilliant it's idea. It's a challenge. We're not perfect. Technically, we're just one year old, um, but we really try to be creative and learning and possibly changing as much as we can so uh so definitely yeah i think it's amazing what you're doing and um i wanted to bring this awareness for people uh who choose uh, other plated jewelry to question and um, uh, investigate on how much plated the jewelry is so if we would compare different products and, and their prices, that the, um, uh, the microns that you mentioned should be also yeah. a criteria for them to, to measure against different uh, items before making a purchasing decision. Um, so I think your insight was very, very valuable. And then the next step that you're thinking of, of replating and giving it as a service, I think it's really an innovative thing. It's not often you would see that service available. And again, if, uh, if the person has to choose which brand, uh, brand's jewelry to purchase, that could become another criteria. And then the, the fact that you're thinking of it also gives an incentive to look into your brand and, and, and choose it because you, it's going to come up in, in, in a couple of years time, I believe. Um, is it possible that the jewelry would get uh, reused again when it is uh, replated, just out of um, interest? Since it is of materials like gold and silver and gemstones, it can, it is recyclable. Like uh, the materials, there's nothing synth synthetic. It's made of nature in some way. And yeah, so, mm -hmm. so uh, uh, we need to figure out 
where do our jewelry go? Uh, what happens with them afterwards? What can we do to make sure that they are reused or recycled? Um, so that, that's definitely on us and something we will work with. Um, but you could go with, with it somewhere else and they can reuse the, the materials. So oh. it will eternally be silver and gold and gemstones. So exactly. if you take care of it, it's, it's, it will last, yeah. Mm -hmm. And out of those criterias, um, how important was it for you to have a manufacturer, uh, like a local manufacturer somewhere closer uh, to Europe? Uh, yeah, so that's one of the difficult things about uh, jewelry, jewelry is that industry? Uh, if you make fine jewelry, you can make yeah. them locally. Uh, if not, then you have to go somewhere else. Yeah. So uh, uh, we are looking in Europe still. We can make it work somewhere, but it, it hasn't been an option for us yet. But uh, we just make sure that our partners are have the same values as we have and have proper wages and it makes a difference in the community and uh, and it's not only about profit. That's true and when we think about communities who really need the help these are the ones in the Fiji Islands and, and Bali and the places which are close to the Pacific Ocean and which deals with the coral reefs and and other uh, issues, I believe. Um, you know, we have this uh, whole uh, fast fashion industry, but a part yeah. of this is also fast jewelry, right? Yeah. Yes. What would you say are the, the main um, negative things about that that we are generally not aware of? I think, I'm, I'm not sure if it's something I think most people are aware of it, but it's, it's, it can only be worn for such a little time uh, and still look nice. And it's, it's not pure metals, it's, it's syn synthetic materials. It, there has been used so many chemicals uh, to produce these things and that has polluted water. And uh, there are so many dangerous chemicals involved with a lot of uh, jewelry making, especially uh, plastics and synthetic coloring. As soon as you're not using natural, uh, natural materials, there are a lot of synthetic colorings as well. And it's, it's a problem with all fast fashion. It's purely profit. It's not made to last. It's uh, pr uh, pushing the prices so low that it's okay to just wear once or even buy a pair of uh, 10 pairs of earrings and uh, use one and throw the others out and just use that for three months until you go to the same store and be like, okay, I'll do that again and buy the next package of fast fashion uh, earrings or what it is. So, Why, why do you think people do that. Uh, I myself, I have experienced that those poor quality jewelry, they would leave um, dark, um, dark colors on my skin, or the earrings, they would break so fast, or they, the, the color would change. But why, why yeah. do you think people still, they, they see that, but they still choose to buy such items? I think it's, uh, it's price. No one can compare with that price. And some of them are still able to do a des design that people like. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, pe people find it nice and at a good price. I think that uh, there will be buyers always. But uh, I think that many have started to get other and deeper values of what they purchase. I don't think anyone in the 90s uh, thought of uh, where all the t-shirts and stuff in H&M came from or it, it wasn't really something people were troubled about. Yeah. That's true. 
I mean, I have personally purchased a lot of fast fashion earrings when I was 10 years old in H&M without knowing that this could really hurt the planet. But uh, today I know a little better. So you keep learning. Yeah. You keep changing. Definitely. I would say I was a bit the opposite i was always wearing gold earrings and uh, i would have a limited collection of my uh, golden sometimes silver jewelry the problem i faced with that was it is designed to be worn for a long time so i wouldn't get to change my style or experiment with that much so i would say i would place myself on the other extreme and uh, I would just have to learn and 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 live with that. But I knew deep down that it is such a better, so much better quality that it makes sense for me to to stick through that and uh, have other accessories to express my style or express more through my clothing, for example. And uh, I am now grateful that I did that because when I uh, look at the uh, fast fashion jewelry, I also know how many. Uh, negative aspects they they entail for example labor in the sweatshops or child labor i know that child labor is very prominent uh, in some kind of jewelry work because they need um, small um, hands (laughs) if i can express myself that way just so they could work with the small pieces and and jewelry is a small a small piece in itself um so is, there are a lot of ethic, ethical issues covered in that whole jewelry yeah there are a lot of ethical uh issues in jewelry um and and that's you can say that making an industry more sustainable jewelry would not be everyone's choice to start with i guess and uh sustainability it's dangerous to say uh, we are a sustainable brand and it's not an end goal Mm -hmm. Uh, but we have a goal to not hurt the planet and do what we can do our contribute to uh, helping the ecosystem that we love and yeah so it is a difficult industry to navigate and you, you really have to know where you want to go. Uh, also with the gold, the hunt for gold, um, there are so many horrible things that have happened in this world due to gold. And, and yeah, it really makes you think that you have to be aware using gold. Um, that it comes from ethical sources, that um, you can trace where it comes from, and that uh, you, instead of using newly mined gold, that you really make sure that you use the gold that is available and reuse that. Absolutely. I think it's, as you said, you have to have your goals and your purpose of what you're trying to achieve. And uh, that way you can find the right people uh, because those people exist. You just need to, to know what you're looking for. And same goes for the jewelry brands. Now that you are aware of the uh, ongoing issues in the industry, it's up to you as a consumer to choose the responsible jewelry brand. Um, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm very happy that you started your brand which advocates those values and they try to create a positive impact for the uh, environment and in particular the oceans and uh, we are trying to uh, preserve them and part of your mission is also um, to uh, donate uh, 10% of your profits to the coral reefs uh, conservation yeah so When we say we are ocean-friendly jewelry brand, we have found these areas where we want to make a difference or at least not contribute to the problem. So as I mentioned, we do not have any plastics uh, in our packaging. Uh, We ask our suppliers not to have any plastics and um, generally want to be a 
100% plastic-free brand, um, we do not want to contribute to the production of new plastics. And to some it might sound weird and yet, the, yeah, how much does that affect? But for me, it was just important that I knew that I would not, that my business contribute to production of plastics. Um, and secondly, um, there's a big problem with CO2, of course, temperatures in the oceans are rising and uh, the ocean is getting acidified uh, due to increasing CO2. Uh, which hurt coral reefs. They're made of calcium carbonate and uh, that will deteriorate if, or break down if, uh, if the oceans gets too acidic and uh, it will affect a lot of animals as well, like crustaceans or yeah, everyone with an exoskeleton. So um, CO2 is also on our agenda uh, to lower that uh, or not not contribute to it. So it, it, that has been a long journey for us as well. We have looked up so many ways to compensate for CO2 in transportation, running a website, everything. Um, we are very close to finding a good partner, but uh, yeah, we have really looked into uh, how the CO2 is compensated. So by 2030, there are a lot of companies um, saying that they want to be CO2 neutral. A lot of them buy quotas that are made of unavoided uh, CO2 um, uh, going into the atmosphere by projects that just avoid CO2. Like uh, I know this project, uh, there are a lot of projects in Southeast Asia where they Want, they have these ovens and uh, they're, they're making ovens that use less wood and coal. They still use wood and coal, they just use a little less. To me, that's not becoming CO2 neutral because we, we need to uh, do avoided CO2, but we also need to um, save the areas that uptake CO2 now, like forests and areas with seaweed and um, mangroves and areas like that. And we also need to do reforestation. So we keep uh, expanding these areas so they can take up more CO2. So that has been a journey for us, but- uh, Did you find some partner who can compensate the CO2? Or some projects uh, to support? Yes. So uh, we are looking at a few. So we're still right. looking into exactly what they do, which product uh, projects their uh, majority of the money go to, and looking into each of those products. So uh, uh, projects. Um, but it, it it's something that's really valuable to me that. If, if we do something, we want to do it right. We don't want it to be not as beneficial as it sounds. So we want to make sure that it's, it's good uh, projects. I totally get and, that. Yeah, and the last thing that you actually asked about, <laughs> it's our um, partner, uh, Metamorphosa in Bali. Um, yeah, so it's, to me, it's really difficult. It, sometimes to to talk about sustainability i think um people always think that you can do more you're not doing enough uh, if you do something you get criticized for what you do i think it's really important to to uh, to know that you can't be perfect and if you do something and really do it well and you keep learning and you keep improving that that is okay uh, as long as you're improving, as long as you're learning, um, as, and as long as you're not uh, ignoring big problems. That, um, so, but what we really started with here, with Vandaya, was that we, we knew we wanted to do a difference for coral reefs in the world. And where do you go from there? Um, it's, uh, it's maybe a bit naive and, uh, 
and it's maybe a little idealistic and uh, um, but but this is so close to our hearts and we, we knew that this is what we wanted to do and uh, I think yeah one and a half years ago we were in Bali again um, we went to the northern side of Bali everyone knows how chaotic it can be in the south but uh, in the north it's very calm it's very uh, naturey and very very beautiful it's and there's a uh, also a national park so it's way less crowded and we found this little gem called Sumbakima Hill it's um, it's a resort but it, everyone has their own villa on this mountain hill where you can overlook the bay of Sumbakima um, so we went there and it was just so incredibly beautiful but the owners of this uh, resort, they also started an NGO. Um, the area has become really dry after they have uh, de deforested the hillside to uh, build houses. And Sumbakima is replanting trees on the hillside to make sure that it, it's moist and it won't get dry. and. Um, just rebuilding the forest and and also uh, is their uh, coral restoration project and um, we uh, I, I saw in the when we booked the hotel we knew that they had a coral restoration project and that was like I I knew that that's what I wanted to do on our vacation so uh, we went to check it out and uh, Immediately, we could feel the warmth of the people running it. We could feel how passionate they were. Um, I've never seen corals that beautiful in my life. They really take really good care of it. So we, it started with this kayak tour in the lagoon, and we kayaked out to a platform made of bamboo. And you can sit there and have a little rest. And underneath, they made this, uh, it's an underwater gallery of beautiful sculptures they have made and planted corals on top of them. Um, and they, they monitor the corals every day to check that they're free of parasites and free of algae and really make sure that they have the best, uh, best options to grow or best possibilities to grow big. So they actually grow bigger uh, wow. faster because they monitor them that way. Um, but, but they made the underwater gallery for to attract tourists to generate um, money for the project. So that's also a way of making it sustainable that they can survive with the yeah. money they earn. Yeah. Um, Just one question for a person yeah. not familiar with the ocean ecosystem that much. Yeah. Could you please just tell a key role that corals uh, play in the ocean water, yes. water system? So the corals are, coral reefs are a, a type of ecosystem. And if you look in the entire ocean, there are so little coral reefs compared to the rest of the ocean. But mainly uh, there is not much life in the open ocean or it's very uh, spread where coral reefs are just a hotspot of life. It's uh, the majority of life in the oceans are around coral reefs. And the corals are just this, the foundation of the whole ecosystem. It provide, provides shelter for various of species. It provides food as well. It's, it's the foundation for the whole ecosystem. And what you see is when corals die, automatically the whole ecosystem will die. And if oh. you remove sharks as well, you can see it all down the, the food chain as well. So it's a, it's a very complex ecosystem and it needs all of its parts. Um, so to, to keep all these species, we need to keep the corals as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
all of what I loved by diving in Fiji and diving in Bali and all the the movie clips I watched as a child of coral reefs and all what I can see in saltwater aquariums around in Denmark, like all the things that really, really makes me happy and I think is one of the most beautiful things on this planet is is due to those corals. So I I just knew that I, I would love to create a business that can generate money to fund this because these ecosystems are vanishing from this planet in, in a speed that has never been seen before. Um, and I, I was in Fiji in 2014 and 15. I, I'm scared to go back to see what it has become now. I mean, it's only six years ago yeah. But uh, I, I know that many of the little gems or places that I found might not be there or not be near, nearly the same. So, Which is so sad. Yeah. So what? So our mission here is uh, really to create awareness on the problems of of coral reefs and to help uh, fund this project that um, that shows people what can be done with coal restoration efforts. Uh, they find methods that can be used around the world as well. And, uh, and of course, just regenerating the beautiful area of Sumbakima and hopefully it will be a great example of what can be done elsewhere by other passionate souls. So this is where we're starting. And uh, yeah, totally. I, I'm excited to see where it's going as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to hear about this initiative and how many uh, like-minded people have you met here in Denmark? Or would you say it's more from somewhere else around the world who who find you through your brand and who speak the same values? Um, I think it, it's difficult to say in Denmark. It's um, the, the ones that really uh, um, understand what I want here in Denmark is uh, mainly my friends who are also divers. Uh, and I, I think there is something special about the diving community around the world. Um, I've been on liverboards and stuff and hang, hung out with uh, everything from uh, a couple 60 plus uh, to young people on the gap year. And it's just everyone, everyone is there for the same thing and everyone is having so much fun, no matter age, no matter background, no matter where they come from in the world. So um, I, I think I've the most support uh, Vandaya has received is from the surfer communities around the world. Get a lot of messages from surfers who think it's great what we're doing, just creating awareness of the ocean. And I mean, surfers and divers and everyone who has their passion evolved around the ocean, like they have seen the same things. They when they sit on the surfboard and they have plastic on their legs uh, from being in the water or they look down and they see the corals of bleach underneath and you, usually they would see fish like when you're in the ocean you you feel like what is going on and and then I think that those are really the people that understand our mission and feel it too that's yeah but I think a lot of I don't even think you have to be in the ocean to feel the change. I mean, yeah, there are so many great documentaries on Netflix showing that as well. And yeah. Totally. I can only uh, contribute to that. And uh, I myself, I was in Vietnam. That was my first trip to uh, Asia. And I went there October 2019. Um, and we took a trip uh, in Halong Bay. Um, I was first of all fascinated to meet 
uh, really uh, strong sustainability supporters on the same boat. It was quite odd that we met while actually taking the same boat trip in Halong Bay. And another um, more shocking fact for me was then when we um, would stop in the small islands uh, in the Bay Area, uh, we would just go for a swim or we would sit down on the shore uh, and would enjoy the whole like sand and, and water. My friend uh, pointed uh, my attention to the surface of the, um, of the water and it had those uh, rainbow colors. And she said that, look, but this is actually the oil from the uh, boats that we just used yeah. to get around. And that was such a shocking experience for me because of course I wanted to ex explore the whole area and see, but then it was shocking to me. Like on one hand, I, I don't want this to happen. On the other hand, I'm like, I am enjoying it myself. And yeah. what can I do about it? And I knew it was just a very small, small glimpse into the whole the whole pollution which is going on in the ocean. Uh, I have also heard stories from people, as you just said, they would be surfing and they there would be plastic all around them, or there is actually an island of plastics in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Just floating on its own. And so many other uh, issues. And I think experiencing a little bit of itself yourself gives a complete different perspective. But uh, if you can't, and if, if it's not something that you would naturally do, then watching documentaries and, and educating yourself can also be a really good start to do something about it on the individual level. Yeah. And yet, if you wanted to reach a bigger impact, who would you say have uh, more power? Is it the small sustainable brand uh, like yours who knows everything from A to Z and every single person? Or is it global organization or is it big company who have more money and power? Uh, I would say that um, the, the powers of change is really within the hands of the consumer. Um, it's, you, you've heard it a million times, but you vote with your money. Um, but that's more easy said than done, um, I think. Um, because of course, these great uh, giant corporations have uh, way more power than a little voice than us. So what I feel I can do with Vendaya and my brand and myself is uh, again saying we're not perfect we have chosen some areas where we want to try and do a difference and we would love to do more and we would love to learn and and grow our brand in the most sustainable way possible uh, but we're not perfect uh, but but we're advocating something. We're advocating a change. Um, we're advocating little things that can be done and on a big scale, it can make a difference. And I think that what we as small brains can do is really uh, doing advocacy for the planet and, and maybe go together and yeah, gathering a bigger voice and, or just uh, reaching the consumers and saying, like informing, here is what we can do better. And yeah, just be a part of, of the learning. I think it also, what I've really been most sad about in this sustainability uh, movement is uh, that there are so many great innovative uh, ways that people and businesses are um doing all this incredible, impressive stuff to try to make a better planet. But I think there's always this uh, like pointy finger of, uh, but is that enough? Does it really have an impact? Is it, does it matter in a big scale? We can just continue uh, the way we're normally doing. Like everyone was small once and it had to grow. And instead of uh, just 
dragging it down. Uh, be a part of the movement at, and let it grow. Let us all learn together. Let us uh, evolve, be smarter. And, and, and I think that's the way we're solving this. We're, instead of uh, pointing fingers and uh, telling people uh, how bad they are, just educate them instead, help them, be supportive, uh, give them a new look on things, like think forward and... I agree to you so, so much. I think this is so crucial in creating the completely new system of, of consumption of the options that we have. So I am totally supporting you and in, in saying that instead of criticism, we need the support. You are on the right track and uh, you do know, you do best of what you know today. And when yeah. you will know better, you will do better. And, yeah. and we have learned a- so much from being in this business the past years and we're have so much still to learn and so much still to process on. So yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally. Amelia, let's um, maybe move to this part uh, where I have five questions prepared yeah. for you. And yeah. I would like to take each uh, statement one by one and ask you to uh, complete the sentence. Yes. All right. Um, le- then let's just start. Um, the first statement is, to me, sustainability is? Um, I think it's uh, not taking more than you give and giving back where you can. I think you have to consider both the environment, but also social aspect and economic aspect. Um, so it, it's not only about uh, what is the product and what is it made of, it's also uh, what it's made for, who it's made by, um, yeah. Giving back more than you take, I think that's so, Giving so back more than you take. important. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing that I would like to see more of in the world is? I would say positivity. <laughs> uh, I think that, I think that the energy you give is the energy you receive. I think we can achieve more if we have a positive outlook. And yeah, instead of uh, criticism is good, but criticism has to be right. And I think it's better to be leading and supporting um, or redirecting than criticizing in in that negative way. Like you, you have yeah. to... A lead as an example or or really be supportive uh, and if you believe people are not right you can give you what you have your information and maybe they learn something or maybe you learn something so having that positive outlook I think is uh, is what we need more of in this world so I am just so agreeing with you. I think definitely um, if you do criticize, then you have to do something better or know it better for sure. Um, Otherwise just help, just support, contribute and and be on the journey and and, and speak louder with your actions then. The third statement for the complete beginner in sustainability area, I would suggest to start off with um, I have this model that I re- really like. It's called the biarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a triangular shape. And in the bottom is what you, sh- you should do most of. And then the top is what you should do at least of. And in the bottom it says, use what you have. If not that, you can borrow. If not that, you can swap. If not that, you can thrift. If not that, you can make. And lastly, if not, you can do that, then buy. But when you buy, be, be aware of who you're buying, what, you, what is it made of. Um, try not to support these massive corporations uh, using so much plastics, using so many chemicals, having very cheap labor and yeah, be aware of where you're buying from. So. 
I would say Google that model and just think of it when you want something. Can can you can you borrow it from someone or could you swap clothes and stuff with your friends or uh, there are so many great uh, online platforms where you can sell resell and purchase as well and they're so easy to use now it's almost like shopping on a webshop but these this exactly. is stuff that years ago people would throw it out but now it can be given to someone else and make uh, have a new living and have a long life so uh, yeah that's a very good uh, hierarchy i think uh, that could become a new kind of like a poster in someone's living room or a bedroom and uh, <laughs> like a look up inspiration on a daily basis <laughs> all right uh, then let's move on and the next statement is every sustainable business yeah so uh, like i said before i think it's there's a danger by calling you a sustainable business um i mean we are advocates for sustainability but i do not dare to say that i i, I feel like you, you there's always more you can do there's always more you can do better um yeah so i think the important thing here is you have to keep researching you have to keep learning you have to be, keep evolving and um, so not seeing that, uh, okay, now I've done what can be done in my age. Uh, now we're sustainable and stay that way forever. I think that you, you keep pushing the boundaries of what sustainability is and what can be done from your side. And you have to see that it's already always ahead of you and you always want to move ahead with it so i think that is my statement if that makes sense <laughs> definitely yeah definitely i keeping evolving everything changes it's so dynamic in life so should the business be yeah. and the, the the more we do of sustainable uh, research and the more we investigate in those alternatives and and new things which are coming up that the more business have to stay alert and on top of things just so they could could keep up and and do better and better and as you said pushing the boundaries yeah as very important definitely you're never too big to learn <laughs> you can always learn for something so yeah yeah absolutely on that note uh, the fifth and the last statement <laughs> is in two to three years, I see Vandaya jewelry. Yeah, so uh, I finally see our collection coming. We have been waiting for this for so long, but uh, it's coming very soon. Um, I see ourselves as a more established online brand. Um, hopefully, uh, we have been we're able to see great progress from our um, project in Bali. Um, I think uh, our next plan is to make a whole Bandaya reef that is just uh, uh, from our donations. And hopefully we can have a healthy growing reef in Northern Bali uh, where we can see all the benefits from our work. And I think that's very rewarding uh, for me. I mean, that's definitely what is driving me knowing that I'm actually creating something out there in the world also yeah. by making people hopefully very happy about the jewelry and uh, yeah just uh, keep being innovative and uh, keep looking for ways to incorporate reused materials in our jewelry mm -hmm. um, with keeping our aesthetics of course uh, I think when people think of uh, reused uh products uh at least in the 90s i think that uh, i remember my dad buying this bag from a from a tarp and uh and um and um tires from a car that was repurposed into a bag and uh <laughs> and it would really look like 
car tire and a tarp. So uh, <laughs> in, a, in a very Berlin kind of way, that's also a style. It's, uh, but ours more uh, bohemian and tropical and feminine, but still raw that, uh, yeah, we will definitely look into uh, to weigh more materials. And we have uh, a few quite interesting ideas we're going to start with now. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm curious to, to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and lastly, we're just striving to um, just, yeah, leave a positive mark in this world and hopefully uh, giving more than we take. And I think that's the, that's the whole uh, idea of what we want to do. So uh, I'm sure you're on the right path and I, I can just, you know, see and, and hear from you that you have so many ideas and just, you know, you can do as much as you can as uh, in your current capacity. So hopefully your brand can grow in the, in the full speed and reach more people and, and actually get those ideas executed uh, as much as possible and as, as soon as possible as well. So I, I, I just wish you uh, so much uh, luck on that and, and that it would come to life, definitely. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's been lovely to talk to you, Amelia, and I, I got to know so much more uh, from our conversation about the jewelry industry and the whole ocean ecosystem and why we definitely need to help preserve it. So I wanted to ask you if there was anything else in particular that we haven't touched upon and you feel like it would be nice to mention or otherwise, if there's any statement or a few key takeaways that everyone should take from our conversation today. I think I could uh, talk forever on this uh, subject now that <laughs> you talked me more. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I think what I uh, go by is do your research, keep learning, keep yourself open. And it's okay to do the best of what you know now. Uh, no one is perfect, but as long as you keep learning, keep growing and keep yourself open, I think that we can succeed turning this uh, planet around and uh, yeah. On this positive note, I would really like to thank you for your time and, and, and sharing your knowledge and your expertise and even the uh, backstage to your business. I think it's so important for uh, everyone to hear and, and raise the awareness so that next time they could be more informed and could take better decisions. Thank you. <laughs> I hope our talk with Amelia was interesting and exciting for you and you learned much more about the importance of ocean conservation, plastic-free ocean and advocating responsible jewelry. If you are a like-minded person, please go ahead and share this episode with your friends on social media, tag at myconscious underscore living on Instagram and use hashtag refashionpodcast. That is one word. Let's make this podcast reach many more ocean lovers. Also, make sure to use your 15% discount with the code OCEANLOVE for your next Fandaya jewelry purchase. Let's all contribute to plastic-free oceans. Now, feel free to follow and subscribe to my podcast to never miss a new episode. Leave a review or send me feedback through personal messages on Instagram. Your feedback is so valuable to me and helps me grow. I'm extremely grateful for everyone listening and spreading a word about my podcast. Only with your help can we make this podcast a number one podcast in circle and sustainable fashion scene. Thank you so much for listening and helping this podcast grow. Stay tuned for the next episode. Take care.